Hello and welcome to a Brothers Creed movie review, where we review movies that we think are awesome. We're the Thomas Brothers. I'm Ethan. And I'm Jared. And I, I would say not all movies are awesome. Some yeah, of them well, are cool. that we think that we think could be awesome. Could be awesome. Yeah, today we're talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Uh, interesting movie. It just came out. Uh, let's see, what was the release date? I think it was just recently. Uh in definitely in June of 2023, uh, and Ethan and I went and saw it, and we thought it was uh, interesting. So we're gonna the way that we do these uh, is we give a, a first five minutes as a spoiler-free uh, review. Uh, we give you a, a couple different topics. We go through a couple different uh, topics here of the episode, uh, and then we give you our rankings uh, on a scale from. One uh, to ten, and then uh, after that we'll go, we'll go into the more spoiler version of the review. So let's go ahead and dive in. All right, let's do it. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. Most valuable commodity I know of is information. And that, my friends, is called integrity. That's called courage. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of. Either you're somebody or you're nobody. You're not the devil. You're practice. Okay, so Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3. Uh... Just to kick us off here, I'm going to read just the IMDb description of the movie. So this is no spoilers. You can see this. This is more of just plot, right, to a certain extent. But it says, Still reeling over the loss of Gamora, Peter Quill rallies his team to defend the universe and and one of their own, a mission that could mean the end of the Guardians if not successful. Interesting. So, I feel like uh, that's kind of deceptive. I, I feel like that movie wasn't really about that. <laughs> yeah, to a certain extent. I don't know about the whole saving, saving the universe. Saving the universe. I wasn't I don't know about, about that, that at all. But, yeah, uh, maybe somebody's universe. Um, but what did you think? I want to start off. What did you think about the other two, Volume One and Volume Two of Guardians of the Galaxy? Okay, so Volume One, I thought it was great. It was ori- It was really original. Uh, the music was great. Uh, yep. They kind of did a great job of, of that tying in that musical aspect. Actually, that was one complaint I had about this one. This is kind of a non-spoiler, but I just felt like they didn't incorporate. They tried to really, really hard, but the music yeah, wasn't very good. It. And the whole thing was just random music playing half the time, and it was just like, okay, this this doesn't make sense. This is not necessary. Um, The second one was meh. It, it, was, it was just okay. Um. And then so, it, yeah. What did, you, what did you think about the first two? No, I I, I agree. Um, I liked the first one because you just kind of got the introduction. It was new. It was different. Um, and then the second one, it almost seemed like they were they were trying a little bit too hard. Yeah. But I, I thought it was still entertaining. Um, but you know, yeah. Overall, overall, I think this was uh, one of the better ones. I think they tried sure. too hard with Gru in the second one. It was yeah. like they, they tried to play up this cuteness factor of Gru. It, it was like, we have to sell Gru merchandise. And so they were just playing this whole thing up. And it just got 
too far out of control, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. This one grew, grew was actually pretty cool. He was yeah, pretty, pretty cool. stacked. Like, All right, so, redesigned him, so it was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so let's go through our categories. So the different categories that we have, and this is a non-spoiler, right? We'll do cinematography, plot and story, acting and actors. Uh, then we'll talk about if there's any agenda, and then career building. Creed or building. Not career, creed building, not career building. I got my, my career hat on. Creed building. <laughs> um, and then uh, we'll give it an overall score. So the score is from 1 to 10, 1 being the worst, 10 being the perfect, the best movie you've ever seen in your whole life. Well, the best, no, not the best movie, the best the best for the category. I think I've only given out. Well, no, I was talking about like overall score. But yeah, okay. but but best for that category. Okay, yeah, if we're talking individual categories. So. I've only given out one ten, and that was for John Wick cinematography. That was really yeah, good. yeah. Uh, all right, so well, let's just start with cinematography. Jared, what did you give the movie? I mean, I put six out of ten. Okay. Okay. Yeah. What about yeah. you? All right, all right. So I gave this one an eight out of ten. Okay. I thought it was pretty good. I uh, there and and non spoiler right, but yeah. there was uh, lots of different uh, environments that they were in uh-huh. that were creative and, and it's, it's hard to do anything in space and make it look halfway decent. Yeah. Um, but I feel like they did a pretty good job. Yeah. Uh, well, we can talk about that. All right. Yeah. Uh, you think of, uh, so next one plot slash story. I gave this one, this is probably the highest score I've ever given. Really? But I gave this one a nine. I gave it a nine. Oh, okay. We're now we're talking with now we're cooking with gas. Yeah. I actually gave this one, yeah, four point five. A four point five. Yeah, I thought it was very lacking in the story plot line. I have a lot of notes that I took on this that uh, okay we could, that want to discuss. I'll say I'll say, and my kind of my uh, my first side around that is I'm I am a sucker for a good origin story. Uh, I yeah. just I really like origin stories and uh so that's kind of one of the one of the things that I I really enjoyed it. Um Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that's understandable. Okay. Acting and talent. Uh I give this one an 8. Uh there's some pretty big names. There was a couple of characters I didn't really like, but I feel like those characters actually were better than in previous movies that they were in. Oh, okay. Um, but I just I I think the the connection between just the chemistry between these different uh characters mm-hmm. is is really good, and so I give it an eight. Uh, I gave it I gave it a six. I feel like it was it was okay, uh, not bad, but it wasn't. I didn't feel like it was it was great. Uh, but it was yeah. okay. No, this not the be, best. This, the, the, the this might be the this might be the first major difference that you and I have on these movie reviews. Typically, yeah. we're pretty close. Yeah, Chris but. Pratt usually is really good. I just don't think it really really shined in this one. Um, do you think he really did shined in this movie? Um, yeah, I mean, to a certain extent, his 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 role was one of kind of being depressed to a certain extent. And so you didn't get like his full happy cheerful self the whole time. Uh-huh. Um 
And so maybe in that sense, it was a little bit more serious. Yeah. Um, but I, th- I thought I did a good job. Okay. What about agenda? What agenda did you feel like was being pushed? Uh, this one was kind of hard. Um, I don't know. A lot of times these big box office Hollywood movies are like kind of leftward leaning. I know that, that a lot of the people involved are super leftward leaning, but I, I, there was kind of some underlying minutia of, you know, feeling one way or another about stuff, which we can get into, but I didn't really feel like it had that big of an agenda. So I kind of put it was neutral. I felt like it was, it was left leaning, not like crazy overt, but I feel like it, maybe at one point it was more overt, but I felt like it was a little bit left leaning. Okay. Uh, So we can talk about that. Yeah. And then Creed building, what'd you put there? So I put this one as a seven. Okay. Yeah. I put out five, five, five out of 10. So not totally bad. I felt like there were some good themes, but there are also some stuff that I was like, ah, I could trash that message (laughs) immediately that they are trying to convey. Uh, yeah, so, a little well, bit. I'm, a little curious. Bit I'm curious. I'm curious to hear about that. A couple for and a couple against, uh, and then so my so my overall score was a five point four. I think that's the lowest score we've ever had. Um, my score, maybe I'm just an optimist, or maybe I'm more of a Marvel fan. But uh, lowest score we've I'm, ever had was Glass Onion. I gave it a four out of ten. <laughs> oh, oh okay. hey, that was also a, a Bautista or. or Dave Batista. Dave Batista movie. <laughs> um, uh, my total score was an eight. Actually. Okay. Hey, yeah, we're a four point different, or you know, three point six point differential here. So we got some discussion to that needs to be. Okay. Had. All right. All right. I'm down with that. What's your What's um, your movie quote? So my movie quote was, um, from humble origins to loyalty and action, but most importantly. Family. <laughs> uh, the, the family is an ode to uh, Vin uh, Diesel. Vin Diesel, and the uh, that's like his like word for all of the Fast and Furious movies, and he's <laughs> he's Groot, and so. Uh, yeah. I put mine was a little more cynical because <laughs> I gave it a five point four. <laughs> mine is a heartwarming PETA. P-E-T-A, which is the People's Ethical Treatment of Animals film about friendship that concludes that being an idiot is what makes a perfect dad. (laughs) All right. Okay. That's my review. So, uh, Uh, yeah. Okay. Well. So, yeah. Let's talk about it. Uh, All right. So, if you haven't seen it or if you're you're worried about spoilers, continue no further. Uh, But because we're going to dive into what we actually think about these different categories. So last warning. Okay. All right. So let's talk about cinematography here. Well, you gave this one an eight, all right? So yeah. Yeah. I, I gave this one an eight. I thought that, um, I, I thought that the different environments were cool. Um, I, I thought that it was cool that they, they were like in that, that big ship, uh, which is basic. So they call it nowhere. And it's this basically this massive city that's a ship and uh, people are living there. And that was just kind of a 
cool little place. And then um, that that biological mass base that they went to, um, I just thought it was kind of interesting. I thought it was creative. Uh, you don't really, you don't really, I don't know. I was just like, oh, who who thinks of this stuff, right? And then some of the things that they had in there and, and the different like futuristic technologies and stuff like that. Um, I thought it was really interesting. Uh, it was just captivating and all the different colors and everything were just really interesting. Uh, and then they went to that, um, that kind of that earth two or whatever they call Contra it. Contra earth. Yeah. Contra earth. Um, and I just thought some of the cinematography of the ships and, and everything else were kind of cool. Like land, like the big ship, like landing around the, the houses and everything kind of yeah. gave like a, Typically, with all these space movies, you don't see um, like futuristic spaceships and stuff like that really interacting with kind of modern day stuff. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it looked like that Contra Earth was in maybe like the 80s or like early 90s kind of timeline. Yeah. Does that seem about right? Yeah. Something in, like the, that, yeah. in the cars and the houses and stuff like that. And so it was just kind of cool to see like this massive big blue spaceship landing in like this middle of this neighborhood. It reminded me of kind of, um, do you remember those, uh, you remember Star Trek Voyager? Yeah. Remember the, the ones where they like went back in time to like earth back in the seventies or or the eighties or something like that. And they had to like mix into culture and, and everything else, but they had like the technology and everything yeah. of the future. But that, I don't know. That's kind of the vibe that I got. And I, I thought that was kind of cool. So that's why I gave it a, an eight for cinematography. Okay. That in the whole, just filming in space is, is difficult. Not everybody does it well. And I feel like they did it pretty well. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was pretty good. That's why I gave it a six. Um, I thought someone, there was one fight scene that was really cool. Uh, when, they were like all fighting those creatures at the end, uh, all these different creatures. The the creatures were some of the were clearly really cool. There was like a pig one that was really cool. There was like this yeah. mechanical pig hybrid uh, that was that was pretty awesome that they were fighting. And uh, some of the costumes were pretty cool. I thought some of them were kind of cheesy, like when they went to that biological place. Uh, I mean, I can the see- guards, the guards costumes. It, it, it seemed like it was it was a farcical. I mean, it, yeah. it, it seemed like they were playing a joke. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. It just seemed kind of like, uh, uh, you can like take those people seriously in those like bubble suits they were in. Yeah. Um, or as my as Chan would say, it's, you know, it's maybe campy. Uh, I'm still grasping the full th- like, how do you know what campy is versus just like really crappy? <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Uh, OK. Uh, so that was kind of cheesy. Uh, some of it, um, I think that the it reminded me almost of like Toy Story with Sid. Uh, you know, Sid from Toy Story, how he like yeah. creates these mutant uh, toys. <laughs> it's kind of like the same <laughs> thing, you know. Uh, the yeah. music, like I said, the music that's kind of in the cinematography. It was just like overdone. Uh, they were like playing music at random times, and it was just like too much and i'm like what is going on here yeah well and it seemed like in the first one they're playing like classic kind of mo- classic songs from you know i don't know maybe the 80s or whatever but it's not they kind of like put some new stuff into it that mm-hmm. were songs that were maybe not as well known and yeah. they were like they were slower 
and I didn't I didn't like that as much. I, I agree with you on the on the music. Yeah. Um, I just didn't capture the magic of the first one. Uh, there was, yeah, and, and so I thought, yeah, I thought it was okay. I didn't like. I wasn't like stunned. The one thing that was kind of like, whoa, that was cool, was that one fight scene where they were all fighting the creatures kind of towards the end. Uh, and that was the one scene where I was like, oh, also when they evolve like those creatures kind of in those like pods, they evolve. Oh, yeah, that was like, kind of cool. That was kind of a little bit of cool, like when they evolved the turtle guy. Um, yeah. But it, I feel like it was just, oh, I wasn't like wowed or anything. It wasn't like, well, this is visually stunning. So that's why I give it a six. All right. Let's talk about plot. So I gave this one a four at 4.4 out of 4.5 out of 10. You and me talk about so this. So yeah. we're probably the biggest difference here. So I gave this one a nine. Um, now, why'd you like it? So I, like I said before, I'm just, I'm a sucker for like origin stories. Mm-hmm. And I've always been super interested in, in Rocket because he's like one of the smartest. Um, I, I guess, well, the Guardians of the Galaxies are part of the Avengers. Yeah. And, um, so just how he like his mind works and how he just like invents things on the fly and, and just kind of mechanically puts things together. And um, I've just always been super curious about how he got to be this kind of, I don't know, humanistic raccoon. Uh, and yeah. so I, I thought the how they played it in like a, a basically flashbacks throughout the whole film. Uh, I thought the flashbacks were integrated well with kind of what the story was and what was going on. Um, and so I just, I, I, I thought it was cool. Um, I, I wish they would have played, um, you know how he was in the, so he was in a cage with those other animals, like mm-hmm. the otter and then the bunny or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, so they all died they all got shot and killed and stuff but i wish that they would have played that to where like they were reunited at least one of them or some of them in the end i know that they kind of had that weird like in the afterworld thing that they were reunited yeah um but uh i wish that that him going back to like his origin he would have been reunited with kind of people from that original time because one thing about Rocket is he's always super negative. He's always pissed. He's always, you know, yelling about stuff and something, or he's always just super abrasive and aggressive and, you know, like yelling at people and, and he's not the nicest, mm-hmm. um, which seems completely different from his original kind of the origin, right? He was very uh, like friendly and everything else. And then it was just kind of like interesting to see how he was hardened through these different experiences that he had to like, you know, the, the hardened rocket that, that we know. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of interesting. So, uh, I, I, th- I thought it was good. Yeah. I, I did like the origin story. Uh, I thought there were aspects of it. They were, they were interesting. Uh, let's see. I'm going to go through the list of here. Why I, I didn't like the plot very much. So one thing I thought was good about the plot is that I liked the theme of like friendship and like friends got him through that hard time of being in those cages. And then now he had these friends that were like going to do everything they could to save him. I think the initial thing about like how they tried to save him is like the the whole plot of the movie is like this guy's like, I want rocket back because he's genius 
and it's like what and then, and then they try to kill him <laughs> they literally try to kill him and it's like well if he's dead you know well the, they didn't try to kill him they sent that warlock guy out to get him yeah but the warlock but guy almost warlock killed him. was a freaking idiot yeah so and it's like but then people were getting thrown against walls like crazy and then rocket gets thrown against yeah. the wall and he's the one that nearly dies and so i thought i was like eh, already off on a, on a kind of a bad foot here uh, I didn't like Peter Quill just moping about Gamora the whole time. I don't get the... There's like zero chemistry there. Uh, I don't really get why he likes Gamora. I I never understood that. It's like the girl in the movie that like they're trying to make look so pretty and so attractive, but she's really not. And you're like, I just don't get why he would be after her. Like Gamora's like an awful... She's not, she's zero percent attractive. Uh, and she's just like such so moody and so like, ugh. I didn't even really like her in the other ones either. So, like, him just moping about a girl that I'm just like, why would you even be interested in that anyway? Kind of just like, ah. And that was a major theme of the whole movie. Uh, the whole, th- and this is one of the major things I didn't like the whole theme in the whole movie about Drax being an idiot. They just like hammer this the whole time. And like, Drax is an idiot. Drax is an idiot. He can't even say anything. Like, he's yeah. trying to talk about an analogy and share a heartwarming moment, but he has no idea what he's talking about. And they all call him an idiot to his face and all this stuff. And then, like, the big culmination at the end, it's like, well, maybe you're just a perfect dad. And that, and then it's like, like, that's supposed to make us feel good. I'm like, what? So, like, dads are yeah, the perfect dad is an I, idiot. I guess I didn't really make that. I guess I didn't really make that connection. But yeah, I, I I agree with you. I mean, that is kind of janky. Although I always got the feeling that, you know, they they always they always call Drax like, oh, Drax is an idiot. Drax is an idiot, or he's slow, or he's whatever. But he's a different like like he's an alien, right? And it was always my understanding that 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 is how his like that's their culture, like their their culture is just to like act like that. And it wasn't just like, you know, because I think in our minds and, and maybe the movie played this up, too. But, oh, he should be acting like, you know, human man, you know, whatever, super capable, this sort of kind of stuff, which Drax is super capable. But on on his on his planet, maybe that's how their the, their species interacts. Right. Because a completely different species. I mean, and I'm that's, fine. That's with, I'm fine with that. But, but they didn't saying, really play that. Uh, but they, saying they just that you're the per, you're the perfect dad is I'm kind of like that is complete BS because the what's the blue chick? Uh, what was her Nebula. name? Nebula. Nebula's the whole time, especially right up to, leading up to that scene, she's like, "You're an idiot. You're so dumb. You don't think about anything." Da 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 da. And like, really, Nebula is a bi- a big part of this movie. I feel like she has a major part because she's like one of the main thinkers. Because with Ratchet, with Rocket out, Nebula is the main thinker, and then Mantis is kind of also a thinker. And then Peter Quill's just moping about Gamora the whole time. Uh, but so Mantis is trying to defend him a little bit, but then she's just da 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 da. And then it's like, well, you're the perfect dad because you're an idiot and you can like make kids laugh. I just thought that was insulting to all dads. Um, <laughs> and, and yeah. Anyway, maybe I, it should maybe it should have been like you're the perfect friend, right? You're loyal and kind and whatever. But yeah, maybe yeah, exactly. Um, and then they like, uh, one thing that I thought was weird is like Mantis had this, uh, 
thing where like nobody was listening to her and like she was trying to like tell people stuff and like they didn't really wrap that up or go anywhere with that. It was just kind of weird that she was like, nobody listens to me. So she tries to get Drax to say this thing. And then it's obvious that she had said it. And then like, well, no, I think they did. I think they did wrap it up because in the end or whenever Drax told Peter what Mantis had told him, he knew that it came from Mantis. And it, I mean, kind of he like and he like acknowledged her and was like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. But why did but I, where, where did this whole thing come from that nobody listens to her? Why did she have to tell Drax? I think it was yeah, to make I, him. It was to make the point that he's an idiot. That was to, the whole thing is to make that point. So it was like this made up yeah. storyline. Uh, the animals. This is the part where like the PETA part comes in. So like the animals that need to be saved, like for the experiments, like it was kind of fell flat. Especially when they tried to make a joke when they're saving these animals. Like they pass this monkey across the bear, and the monkey literally starts like clawing at this woman's face, and it's like. These are wild animals that have been experimented on and we're treating them as if they're like, you know, <laughs> creatures that need to be saved. And it's like literally tearing this woman's face apart. <laughs> uh, I, I was like, uh, th- that was th- that part was kind of weird. Uh, maybe not a good time for a joke. Uh, also, the Russian dog randomly having like crazy strong telekinesis powers. You're like, where does this even come from? Like, maybe that's some kind of deep Marvel lore or something like that. But. I'm well, like, I think Cosmo is a member of the, uh, the Avengers. There's like there's like eighty members, like three hundred members of the Avengers. Like there's a lot. Yeah, you know, uh, just at, like, at different points in time. But yeah, I think there was like no background. She, she's like a superhero too, but there's oh. no background on it. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's no background. There's no nothing. It's like she was part of a rush. She was one of one of the Russian initial space crafts, but like we don't know. Maybe that's one of those like Easter egg things. Yeah, but well, it was I think just sometimes such a major... they, they, yeah, sometimes they add those people in to uh, to make you like, who is Cosmo, which is the name of that. Yeah. What well, was such a major part that you're like, okay, yeah, you're, and like, you're like, well, who is that? This, and then you got to go like dog re- research into it and look at it and like, oh, okay, yeah, that's the character. So they kind of do that on purpose to keep it, give it a little bit of question. Also, like the bad dog joke was just just kind of got old. You're like that was overplayed. You're like, yeah. I, I, I can see where this is going. Uh, we're waiting for a good dog joke and I just didn't think the comedy back and forth between him and that one guy was very funny um, so I also think like Rocket is supposed to be this like super level genius right so he proves to that his creator guy that he's actually smarter than him uh, and but we really only see one instance in this whole movie granted the most of the time he's in a coma when he actually uses his smarts and that's to create that car key, that card key and then get out and control that plane but like when he wakes up, you would think that he's smarter than this guy, so he's going to defeat him using his brain. You know, he's going to use him to trick the guy or, or outsmart him somehow to defeat this master creator. But he doesn't. In fact, he he doesn't use any of his smarts at all. He just basically lets everybody else take care of it and shoots guns. So I was kind of like let down that like. The whole thing is that this guy was like, oh, man, you are a creation that I created that's smarter than me, and how can you be so smart? And then he comes back for revenge, and he doesn't outsmart him. He just outshoots him with his team of buddies. Yeah, I, I, I did kind of recognize that as well. And as we were watching the movie, I even was thinking in my mind, I was like, oh, um, Rocket's going to wake up, and then he's going to invent something that saves the day is what I thought was going to happen. Cause that yeah. was the whole thing that he was so smart and he yeah. was, 
that he could create, he could generate his own thoughts. And he wasn't just smart because he learned it from someone. He was smart because he was innovative and he yeah. could create his own thoughts. Um, and so I did think that it was going to be like, oh, yeah, he's going to come back. He's going to invent something. He's going to save the day and he's going to, you know, prove this guy that, that, uh, you know, he is better than him. But yeah, it did kind of just feel like that he was just like, oh, you know, I'm here and I'm still alive. And, and we're I'm shooting guns. For, and... I'm going to fight for everyone that, you know, you know, can't fight for themselves. Yeah. And then at the end, it was kind of like, oh, and also like when he goes and he opens the cage and he sees the plaque that says raccoon on it. And it's like, okay, so did he not know? Everybody's been calling him raccoon for years and years and years. Like, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to like. <laughs> well, see I just, from this, I think you know? that was just a, <clears throat> that was just like a. Maybe I don't know. Showing a moment where he from. was just like, yeah, like he's acknowledging this. where he came from. Yeah. Uh, a couple, one or two more. Uh, the chick. So like when Peter Quill is like moping about uh, Gamora and, and then he's like, and then he, basically they turn his attention towards Nebula and he's like, oh, your eyes are so pretty like that. And she's like, they're black. And he's like, has anybody ever told you that they're so pretty? Like, it's like weird. He's like, in this like dazed state of like moping and then he just starts starts flirting with nebula and he's like so depressed about gamora but he just starts flirting with nebula and he's like you're so beautiful your eyes are so beautiful and i was like what's happening here is he gonna start like falling in love with nebula because she has a bigger part in this movie but then that just kind of like fell flat and i'm like what is going on you know it, it's just like i don't know if it's like just trying to make a weird joke but it wasn't like in a joking manner like no i think they were I think they were just trying to make, um, you know, make it apparent that Nebula was the one that was really kind of taking care of him, I guess. And that he was just, he was like finally realizing that, that like, okay, this, this, uh, Gamora chick is, is gone. It's a done deal. Like this is not going to happen, but it was like feeling feeling the connection to other people around her. I mean, yeah, around him. And I thought, I was, yeah. like, I was like, oh, maybe they're going to take this further. But then they didn't because they ratcheted no, they totally didn't. back. And then they went back to him opening about Gamora. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I was I was hopeful, actually, that they were going to take it in that direction, that he was going to realize that, you know, Gamora, uh, Nebula's actually been taking care of him and she's the one that's actually, but they like un- unwound that. Because at the beginning, she was the one taking him to his bed and like helping him all this stuff. Yeah. And like, so I was like, oh, okay, they're planting seeds for this to blossom. And then I, I was like, I, was, I thought that was the moment where he realizes, like, wait a second, you've been here all along with me. And like, maybe I'm missing out on this, but it, it, it didn't. So that was yeah. weird. Which, which I would have been okay with. I think it would have added to the story. Yeah. One part, um, one part I did think was funny, though, is when they were like in that lady's house and like Drax was on the couch and <laughs> he was like laying down on the couch and then like sit up on the couch. So why is it shaped like this if you're not supposed to lay down on it? <laughs> yeah, that was you're funny. You're supposed to sit shoulder to shoulder. <laughs> that that was funny. So I will say yeah. that. So that's my full that's my full reasoning behind why I gave it a four point five. I just felt like there were a okay. lot of holes, a lot of dead ends, a lot of like. Uh, um, yeah, dead ends is a is understandable. Yeah. So. Um. So acting. Um. I had given this one an eight, and and kind of just going into the Drax stuff. Like, I I really like his character. Um, and it it's really kind of interesting because 
he he acts like I don't know. He acts like this just this dumb character, but he's really just actually playing that story. Mm-hmm. Or he's playing that character. And it's almost yeah, painful yeah. to watch him act in this in this role. Mm-hmm. But at the same point, it's like hilarious. And it's like he just he nails it and how he does it. Uh like the one the part on the couch. Like that was just hilarious. Yeah. There was like some other stuff that was just super funny. Like he was trying to make Quill feel better. And he was like, Hey, do you want a Zarg nut? Which is like a little snack he was eating. And he's yeah. like, Yeah, actually, you know, as they were like going through this like crazy moment. And then he's sitting there and and Mantis was there and she's like, And maybe I wanted a Zarg nut too. And he's like, Well, you can't because they're all gone. And then he's yeah. sitting there in the elevator. And then he slowly takes another package and puts it in his mouth. <laughs> yeah, she's like, "I can uh, see you." Yeah, yeah. It's just I don't know. It, it, it's funny. Um, I thought uh, Chris Pratt w- was is he's just very good. I think he, I think he just he acts very well. There's really not like he's let me well, let me put it this way. He's very believable when he acts. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, he could actually be, you know. Peter Quill, Star Lord, you know, in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, he, he like he 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 plays it. He plays these different characters. It's almost like he believes he is who he is in the movie, which yeah. is I thought he, I thought he does a good job. Um, I did not like the Gamora character very much. I've never super liked her, but she's always just kind of been like a meh. Yeah, I mean, with with him and her together in the first one, even you know, or the, the first one and the second one, they had this like love romantic thing that kind of developed. That's great, um, but I didn't like how now she's. I mean, it makes sense why she's so cold towards him because she doesn't have any feelings. She's yeah. never. She's only you know only met him a couple times, and then you know before because of all of the Avengers stuff that happened. And she doesn't have any feelings towards him. It's like some stranger on the street. Yeah. Um. So I didn't particularly like that character very much. But one thing that, oh, the whole grunting thing between her and Nebula, mm-hmm. that was just like kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I was like, that's so dumb. Like, yeah, make dumb. it like a high five or like a, or like a head nod or something. Not like a, <clears throat> like yeah. a I don't know. It seemed very, it seemed very masculine for two like, feminine characters yeah well that um, i think that's maybe one of the reasons why i don't like Gamora is because she's not feminine at all yeah she, there's zero femininity in her but i just don't like the actress either i hated her in our avatar as well so it might just be the actress yeah um, it, it probably is a little bit um but one thing that in the past movies and in the avenger movies i really disliked nebula the blue the blue chick yeah i really disliked her character I mean, in all these other movies, it's just like, man, it's just painful. But I feel like in this one, she actually kind of redeemed herself a little bit. Yeah, I thought she was good. Um, in this one. I thought she was pretty good. There was like it, it, it humanized her a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it kind of, you know, in her, it softened her. I guess it almost made her role a little bit more feminine as yeah. compared to the previous roles. That's just like. You know, I'm gonna kill everybody and everything, and you yeah. know, scorched earth tactics and all this sort of kind of stuff. But now it almost seemed like she was caring and nurturing, and she was she felt like she was part of a family, and and so I, I actually I thought she did a pretty good job in this one. 
Yeah, I did like her. I felt like the acting in this one was almost like... I, I don't think Chris Pratt shined in this movie. I thought in the later part of the movie, he did a little bit more. Uh, but the first probably half of the movie, he just was almost absent. Uh, just not really there. So the other characters had to had to carry the movie. Oh, it's almost felt like The Office after Michael Scott left. After you know, uh, what's it? Steve Carell left, where the where these side characters kind of had to carry the show. Uh, I thought so. I thought Drax was funny. There was a couple parts that were hilarious when he's like, "We're gonna kill every single one of them," and he's like, "No, we're not gonna kill anybody." He's like, "We're not gonna kill." Just some of them. He's like, we're not going to kill anybody. So we're going to kill one stupid person, some idiot guy who no one likes. <laughs> yeah, and doesn't have any family. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. So I thought he had some good parts. Uh, I think Rocket was good. Um, but yeah, it, it was pretty good. Peter Quill didn't shine. I did not like Gamora. The guys that were back on no- on Nowhere, like the, the main actor so That side of the story was just dumb. It, it was dumb. It was lame. Uh, those acting was terrible. Uh, I never, I thought like the blue guy, he was awesome. Uh, and, and he was like kind of a cool character. This other guy now that they have is just kind of a joke. And maybe it's supposed to bring like some just lightness to the show, but it was just kind of like, uh, you're seriously leaving the entire base in this guy's hands. And he's like a complete. Imbecile. It's just another male idiot. Yeah. You're the character. perfect, per, you're the f- perfect guy. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, I, I thought it was pretty good, but not great. So that's why I gave it a six out of ten. Yeah. All right. So for agenda, uh, I had said I had said none. Um, you know, underlying stuff. I, I guess you could kind of say that the some governmental stuff with you know people abusing their their power and. I, I don't know. I what, what did you think about it? I know you said you kind of felt like it was leftward leaning. I understand kind of the PETA stuff a little bit with kind of the that's more on the left side. I mean, I think that you should be kind to animals. Yeah, and, I think and so to a certain extent, right? But uh, oh, also one part I guess I I did left off of the plot is like the entire planet Contra Earth gets destroyed and like nobody says anything about it. Like it's not even mentioned. It's like all those people just died. It's like the entire planet of billions of people. That's like the exact mirror opposite of earth, but nobody says anything about it. They're just like, Oh, good thing we saved these kids off of this experimental ship. <laughs> and they saved no yeah, one guess, from the planet below. Uh, no, we don't know how many people were living on that planet, but <laughs> I mean, it was exactly the same as earth except for just different types of be- beings. So it was like, okay, and it's like, well, it's okay if it's got destroyed because there's a couple of drug dealers and stuff. But it's like, have you seen Earth? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like almost as bad as Thanos, you know? It's like, oh, whatever. They just, you know, like as opposed to like, you know, Star Trek when like Vulcan gets destroyed or they're like, no, or like even Star Wars when uh, Andor, uh, what's the, her planet gets destroyed. Princess Leia's uh, planet, um, uh, Elder Elderon, no Elderon, yeah, gets destroyed. She's like, no, my people, you know, or like even like the Star Trek, the new ones when when two um, Tuvok is or is it no Spock? So when Spock is standing Spock. on that moon, he sees his planet just implode and just like the heartbreak, and you can feel it. Uh, this movie was just like, eh, whatever, you know. We saved some yeah. animals. <laughs> it's like okay, but you let all these people die on Earth. Uh, or the Contra Earth. So, but going back to the agenda, yeah, I mean, I thought it was just like, 
I mean, the the Anil the Pita thing, I was kind of a joke, but like, I I think that the main thing I didn't like about it was like this, uh, this poke at dads, uh, in like this. I, I feel like it was kind of a, one of those feminist pokes. toxic masculinity type thing. Yeah, well, like men are only good for you know being idiot, useful idiots, basically. Uh, you know that kind of a thing that you get with this like crazy feminist stuff where it's just like men are bad they're only useful because they have muscles and uh it it wouldn't i mean it was not crazy left but i felt like it was a little bit more left than central i mean i know peter quill was a very capable man in the movie uh, although he was moping the entire movie Uh, but there's just the fact that they came to some big big reveal was like oh you're not an idiot you're just a perfect dad like i thought i was like what so anyway that's why i said it was a little bit like feminist i guess or or just dissing of on on male father figures in that one yeah yeah all right creed building what'd you think uh i'd give this one a seven um uh, for a couple of the reasons right i said uh loyalty was a good one to like your 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 brotherhood or your group or your family um because they were all kind of family right they were all they didn't have any of their own family, and so they've kind of formed their own unit. Um, that they were willing to do anything for, you know, to save their friend, to save Rocket, and to support him. Um, kind of an interesting observation that I made, too, is that, you know, you're, you're spot on at the beginning where, you know, Peter's just drinking all the time, and he's moping, and he's, you know, I mean, he's just, like, always drunk and Nebula's carrying him to his bed and all, and he's just like terrible, terrible, depressed over Gamora. But then he is given the opportunity to serve, right? So Rocket gets hurt and now he has the, the opportunity to, to, to serve Rocket and to, you know, help him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so... True. The observation that I kind of felt was that in in serving others, it actually get, can give us purpose. And I felt like towards the end of the movie, like Peter really had he kind of gotten over this whole Gamora thing that yeah. he was just kind of like, yeah, like it's going to hurt. Right. And it kind of hurts. But you go your way. I'll go my way. It, it's not going to happen. And I felt like he gotten over that. But I really felt like it was kind of the journey that helped him get over that. And so it was kind of like him serving others, serving Rocket and having a purpose and helping someone else allowed him to overcome his own trial and something that he was struggling with. And so, you know, how 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 could that be applied to my creed or my life? You know, sometimes when um, you know, the 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 best thing to do whenever you feel like you're you can't do it anymore, you know, is helping someone else out yeah, and, you know, help, lending a helping hand to someone else. Um, and so th- sometimes, you know, seeing other people's situations and, and offering our assistance can help us cope with our own, our own situations, our own struggles. So that was kind of why I gave it a little bit higher. I, I kind of went back and forth. I was like, well, is it like a five or a six? Or a seven. Yeah. And I was like, well, I, I went with seven because I felt like, you know, just the loyalty aspect and then the, um, you know, kind of overcoming struggles. Yeah. I, I think that those are great themes. I think that the, the friendship uh, theme of like 
he had these friends even when he was in this prison this these cages he made these these really good friends and and they were so optimistic and he didn't want to leave them and he was heartbroken and then he had friends now that were willing to risk everything uh to go save him and like even like oh you're going to that company you know you do know what you're going up against and it's just like hey we have to do this so i thought that was cool that sense also i, I thought the redemption story of like the warlock how like even though he was bad and yeah. he had to kill him the whole time they showed him kindness uh and he was like why and they just because like hey everybody deserves a second chance and then he actually ended up saving peter uh i kind of saw that coming a ways off uh but i was like you know what uh, I still like the story of redemption and people being have able to have a second chance. So those were some yeah, good things. I actually, I actually looked it up, and, and that movie kind of was an origin story of Warlock too, because I, I looked into him a little bit, and um, they said that, that, well, within the Guardians of the Galaxy, one of the Guardians actually is, Warlock is a Guardian. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this was kind of like his introduction to the guardians of the galaxy. So he sticks with them moving forward and he becomes one of the guardians. And he actually is, um, uh, he is the most powerful guardian of the galaxy that, that, and, and, you know, all, all basically that ever exists in the whole story. He's the most powerful one. Oh, cool. Uh, which is kind of cool. So it's kind of a second origin story, but sorry, I interrupted no, you. No, but... no, that's cool. So, uh, yeah, I like that. I, I, and so there's some good things. Uh, I, obviously, I didn't like the dad, the ding at dads. Um, thought that was, you know, that that's something that's important to me. And so, uh, the way that fathers are portrayed in movies is like, I, I hope I want that to be like a good thing. Uh, and so, I didn't feel like a positive were, example yeah. for my children. I didn't feel like that was that was like a true thing. Uh, so, you know, some of the ways that and the tide, I feel like, is maybe starting to turn in more recent years, where fathers are being given a little bit more credit. But you know, there's a long time there where fathers were just like the idiots and the sitcoms or whatever and you know i just didn't like i I just don't like that theme uh it just also i think when men hear that theme too uh they kind of put themselves in that uh position if you have everything you watch is the man modeling a certain behavior you're going to begin to model those behaviors yourself and so yeah i i've always i've always absolutely hated that Right. So like I even thinking back on some of these like shows that are on TV. I like, remember that the King of Queens. Oh, yeah. That show. Yep. Right. Like he was just this big, goofy, dopey idiot. And his wife was just ragging on him all the time. And I was just like, man, I remember as a kid watching that. It was kind of funny or whatever. Yeah. But now it's like I've seen some episodes like an adult and I'm like, dude. That guy, like that guy's wife is terrible. She's treated yeah. him like trash. Yeah, seriously. And uh, you know, same thing with like that everybody loves Raymond show. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I hate that show because he is a freaking idiot. His brother is an idiot. His dad is an idiot. And it's like the wife is the only smart one. Or married in the with whole chi- thing. Yeah, married with children. Like, or like you go back and like you know yeah. all these different ones. It's just like, oh man, or family guy or or Simpsons or, you know, what yeah. have you. It's just like, yeah. I, you know, and some, like, or uh, Malcolm in the Middle, you know. It's just yeah. like, oh, my gosh. Malcolm in the Middle, I cannot stand that show, man. The, the lady is just so psychotic. She's just, like, always screaming. I'm just like, oh, my gosh. This kids are, like, literally are, like, need to be taken out of that home. That mom is just always neurotic. Yeah. Well, I mean, the whole thing with that show is their kids are acting like that because of your parenting. Yeah. That's why they act like that. 
but uh, yeah, because mom and dad are not on the same page. Because in that, I mean, I remember watching that show growing up, and they they were never on the same page. The yeah. parents weren't. Yeah, and so, I mean, I'm not the perfect uh, uh, exemplar of of rearing children, but hey, better than that show. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, that's why I give it a five a five out of ten. Okay, cool. So I, I had an overall score of eight, uh, which which is is pretty high. Uh, after like after I, our discussion, would you adjust it? I would maybe adjust it down just a little bit. You know, you you kind of brought up some good points. Um, I think I don't know if I would stick with a nine for the um, for the plot and story. I, I think I'd maybe bump that one down to uh, like a at least an eight. Um, and so I'd, I, I, but I'd probably still be like around a seven. Uh, or seven and a half, uh, which is kind of average. I might bump uh, acting up maybe to a seven because I, I think you made some good points. I mean, on the acting. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, very good. Uh, as far as seeing this one in the theaters, I mean, Jared and I saw it in the theaters and I thought it was cool. I mean, it's like you have the darkness of the theater and you have the rumble of you, you can feel the laser beams and the you know, everything else from the ships and stuff. So I thought it was kind of cool if you can see it, but I mean, it's not like absolutely needed. Um, yeah. yeah. But, but I thought it was, if you can see it in a theater, I would see it. Yeah. Uh, what's the threshold for like, see it or not see it? Yeah. I don't know. Anything, anything over five, I guess. I don't know. Maybe I would encourage you to see it and Jared would just, I would say, wait, to you know, see watch it. What if it, watch it if it's on TV for free or wait, wait until, until it gets comes to, out to Disney. Disney plus or something like that. That's what I would say. I would say, don't waste your money. Go on and see this on a date night. Save your money for Oppenheimer or mission impossible. <laughs> well, yeah, those are, those are going to be upcoming ones. Those are going to be, ep- I heard Oppenheimer, which is the one we're going to review is actually like a horror film. That's how kind of how it's, it's supposed to be. Uh, really? Which is really interesting, yeah. Okay. I'm looking well, forward to it, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be good. Yeah, so we're going to be doing Oppenheimer and Mission, Mission Impossible. Those are the next two we're going to do, yeah. Yeah, so. All right, well, this has been great. Uh, if you like these, let us know. Uh, we're I'm curious to see if you've seen this movie, if you agree with us, if you if you feel like it's uh, over a five or under a five. Um, and we'll, uh, you know, if there's any other movies that you want us to look at, even if they're older movies, maybe we can do some reviews of like some uh, some historical classics. Yeah, exactly. So just let us know and let's build that creed together. All right, let's do it. <laughs>